0: and welcome
1: to the Beyond Darkness podcast created by Nana Hanfgaard Jensen and Nadja Maggioli. A knowledge sharing platform for artistic practice and artistic research. For more information about our work, visit bdmatterinmotion.com and for questions and comments, you can contact us at bd.matterinmotion at gmail.com Today we are at Open Dance in Roskilde, Denmark together with Thomas Eisenhardt who is the Artistic Director of Urban Dance. We hope you enjoy this episode. So maybe Thomas, you can start... Telling our listeners and us a little bit about you and your artistic practice. Mm.
2: Well, I'm, I'm, a I'm a choreographer and dancer. Um, I am, in, in Open Dance we are working with what we call uh, dance from Cradle's Grave. So right now, next Monday, I'm starting on uh, rehearsals on a new piece for babies, starting from uh, six-month-old. Um, but we are also working with uh, with old people, and we are working with adults and everything which is in between. So well, we are interested in what dance uh, means and what the body means uh, in in all levels or levels of the uh, of being a human being, uh, and that involves also a very different experience of your body and also very different uh, ability of the body. Uh, so, it in that way, it's, it's natural or necessary to, to also uh, investigate uh, how your senses work and the uh, importance of uh, sense perception, uh, perception uh, and, uh, and also what, what does this information mean in different ages and different situations. I
1: could say anything <laughs> that. That's a good start. Yeah, no, yeah. a
0: good overview. Um, well, so before we delve a bit more into, into your work uh, or works, uh, we want to ask you something that we ask everybody, which is uh, what is movement or what is movement for you?
2: Well, I'm glad you didn't say what is dance, because I'm not interested in what dance is. Um, Merce Cunningham, the American dancing choreographer, he wants to find dance. He said dance is movement. But then your question is, what is movement? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is more difficult because it gets very uh, philosophical somehow, because everything is movement. Moment is what happens in 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 space and time or time space. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm reading a book about time right now. Um, and time is a, a time is moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yes. That makes a lot of sense to us. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's funny to ask these questions because you get so many answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is, of course, not a right answer to mm. it.
2: But it is interesting because once you begin to look at moment, everything is moment. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this table is moment.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah. Maybe we cannot see it,
3: yeah.
2: but somehow we can see it anyway. Uh, I was in a, I was in a, uh Vietnam some years ago and there was a, I was in a uh, it was an old uh, university and it had uh, four big doors gates mm-hmm. and one of the gates was the gate of Yale, the stone mm. oh yes jade. jade jade yeah yeah the 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 gate of jade vibration <laughs> wow and this gate was like 2000 years old. But 2000 years before our time, they knew that that things were vibrating.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Said, wow! Yeah. That was amazing, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, we'll uh, jump a little bit into your work with the senses. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how do you use the senses in your artistic work, both in the current work with uh, with the babies and also with the Milton senses, mm. and how do how does this work with the senses also influence your other works where the senses might not be the protagonist of the mm. piece, let's say. Mm.
2: I think very early uh, people began, began to talk about my work as being sensual, mm-hmm. without m- me thinking about it, it should be sensual. But, but over the years I began to be more interested in the perception in the actual mm. sen- sensuality mm-hmm. of things, and then I, I also began to be a, a bit more interested in the uh, phenomenological mm-hmm. uh,
1: phenomenology.
0: Yeah, this, it, works, this is, is always tricky. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> <laughs> then then phenomenological phenomenology. Of the senses yes. and then um, actually it started with uh, uh, us moving to, to Roskiller and we didn't have a, a theater mm-hmm. in the first two years we didn't have a theater here so we we have to create uh, site-specific things and uh, and then we we also got this idea of, of trying to to take some of all the exercises that uh, we have been working on in, in, in different kind of dance training and performances and just put them outside. <laughs> so we started something called art walks, which were, were different ways of, of guiding people through landscape. And then uh, uh, working with that for some years, then I began to look more carefully at just the senses. <laughs> uh, so, so now I'm doing this uh, between the senses, which is a, a walk uh, through 10, ten different senses hmm. and uh, in, in some how it's, it's very simple uh, because we cannot stop the senses like the senses are in my definition the bridge between uh, the uh, uh, the consciousness and the surrounding world mm-hmm. that's that's how we create this bridge yeah. uh, and we cannot stop the senses if once we have an, like if we're blind we cannot see but if we have a sense then we cannot stop them uh, mm-hmm. the information comes all we also we are we are tasting all the time even mm-hmm. though we are we're not uh, conscious of in tasting and we have a, a, like a, our oxygen sense uh, the information from the body when to take the next next breath mm-hmm. is working but we don't uh, we don't pay attention to them all the time and and what I do is simply just to pick one after the other and pay attention to them and then and then also creating some kind of task that you might uh, be more aware of like often if you, if you put the body in a in an unusual situation mm-hmm. then you also uh, open up for new ways of uh, of experience the surrounding world so th- that, is, that is a very, very specific work about senses. Yeah. When, when you are working with uh, small kids, what's interesting about them is that uh, they have no um, preconceptions of intentions mm-hmm. or the world. So, so if, if this glass of tea is hot, there's no story about it being tea, uh, it being boiled water, or that it can, it can hurt you if you, uh, if you tilt it. it. It is simply just the experience of something hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, small kids are born into a world without any explanation of where the senses come from, but they experience them, all of them. So, when, uh, for example, if, if, if a uh, child is lying on the ground, and uh, uh, some adult is uh, walking past them and uh, going to take a glass of water. Then you experience the sight of of some some very big figure going over you, maybe uh, there's some kind of smell of uh, sweat, perfume or whatever, uh, maybe some clothes give you some wind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you hear the, the footsteps and, and then behind you, you hear uh, the glass and then shhh. Yeah. But there's, there's no story to it that this is a person going to get a glass of water. It, it's mm-hmm. simply just uh, perception coming mm-hmm. in. And therefore, the, the small child... Is very occupied of finding out of how these senses uh, connect, because there's no knowledge of that either. So if there's a if there's a, uh, if there's a uh, car going outside and a person walking, where where does this does this sound come from? And this mm-hmm. and shh, by the wind. How do they yeah. they just come to you? And they are. Um, and, and they are very, very good, at very small child, they're very, very good at connecting, finding out uh, how, uh, how senses is connecting.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And also there has been some very interesting investigations uh, uh, putting three, three weeks uh, old kids uh, in a situation where you blindfold them mm-hmm. and they get a pacifier in the mouth some of them had a pacifier which was, a uh, 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 smooth,
1: smooth, smooth yeah.
2: yeah, and one with small dots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they sat just <laughs> with this pacifier. And then you took out the the pacifier and you unblindfolded them again. And then you had a uh, uh, pacifier on one side which was smooth and one on the other side which was uh, with dots. And then they looked at the pacifier that have had in the mouth, mm. and that was a big revelation in the uh, thinking in the psychology of how uh, senses are uh, connecting. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because until then, and it was in nineteen ninety nine or something, the belief was that it was uh, the connection between between senses were um, uh, due to uh, what do you call it? Uh, empiry. That you actually have to experience. Uh, you, you you look at the ball and you feel a ball, mm-hmm. and then you put these together and think, oh, uh, how, this is how this thing looks, and this is how li- uh, this thing uh, feels, and then therefore you could uh, put them together. Mm-hmm. But this showed, this experiment showed, that there is a way of translating uh, sense perceptions through a a modal form, mm-hmm. a modal perception onto the, uh, onto another place, and it, it's if you think about it, it's very very mystical mm-hmm. right? because then what is this language which can translate from one uh, modulation yeah. into another,
3: yeah.
2: like Incredible. this 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 coming in uh, from the tactile. Mm-hmm. A sensation of the tongue and then it gives the information yeah. onto the the side. Yeah. How does that happen? Yeah. I, I think we're deeply into mystery. <laughs> and I think that's that's what's so interesting about working with children or, or young kids is that you go right into the big mystery of life. <laughs> And uh, our, our next uh, piece is called uh, What is that? Yeah, mm-hmm. Which is uh, the first thing a child learns to say the like, point of things is de, 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 de. <laughs> but it's also a, 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 a Zen Buddhist koan <laughs> So it, a koan is, you know what a koan is? A koan mm-hmm. is a uh, meditative question which should not be uh, it should not be you should never be finished with it. You shouldn't. And there's no answer to to mm. that, but it is this question constantly. Whatever comes in front of you of uh, sights, of emotions, of sounds, it's just the question: of, What is this? Mm-hmm. Which just going into this, like the question of what is what is movement and what yeah. is time, yeah. and everything is movement, and uh, everything is nothing, uh, circling around nothing. <laughs> yeah so so it it's it, yeah so 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 what's interesting about working with babies is not to make make a children performance, mm-hmm. but is that they have an access to something infinite that we don't have anymore, yeah
1: mm-hmm. like imagine if we could ask the same question like what is that like and and enter it with real curiosity yeah. and yeah. real like yeah. I want to know what that is, I might know because I've been told that this is a glass or it's this a glass. is a table or this is. But entering with the, with the curiosity and the they're not like preconceived, uh, all the judgment I might have from all yeah. these
0: things and all these later will also go into bodies and, and darkness. Yeah. Because the, I just quickly wanted to say also how in darkness, like we, for us, what was so nice was the curiosity of the senses coming back so quickly because you don't know what you're going to be in touch with, for example. So, if you touch something, even when it was bodies, it was like, I'm not sure immediately, uh, is this a leg or an arm? And so you have to be much more open to, yeah. to figuring out and to be curious. And then you, it's in the beginning, it's really about the sensorial encounter rather than the meaning making. Mm. Like, that's at least what, what we also try to achieve mm. um, or, or come, come back to that, to, to go to the experience first and then. Let let this kind of last as long as it's possible before we go into "Ah, this is that and 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 give it this this meaning that we're trying so strongly to to always have for everything right so just Mm. yeah but um, I think you already also went into a bit into our next question Um, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit more. we're wondering what changes you think could happen if we we will be more curious about our senses and and if we're generally more sensorially aware like what what changes both within maybe the dance industry and in our personal lives um do you see would be possible <laughs>
2: You can always hope for something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if everybody were more just aware of the senses and the body, that would be maybe more large towards other kinds of beings and other kinds of being, being in the world. And, and also, of course, everybody would be more healthy because, because you would be in touch with, 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 with how you are interacting with, with, with the world because the senses is the interaction.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But I, I have no big political hopes <laughs> <laughs> seeing how the world is behaving. I think it, I should be very... Uh, uh, very optimistic to think that, that this work would have a big impact on this but even though I, 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 do, I do believe it anyway because mm. why shouldn't I mm. do it elsewise so of course uh, trying to open up this way of perceiving is also a hope to to, to make people more uh, conscious and aware of your relation and also the the footprints you are leaving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the world
3: yeah.
2: yeah, i don't know should i talk about we'll
0: we'll get back you back get to that, that in, yeah. uh,
1: but before we jump into darkness um you talked about the 10 senses mm-hmm. um Normally, people will say you have five. Or oh, some might or say six, you have seven. Six. Or uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can you maybe tell us a little bit of how you got to the ten senses? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're they're carefully picked also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because like uh, there could be even more. Like like uh, the, some people are uh, uh, are working with. 23 mm-hmm. senses I think but then then is you uh, actually the the tactile sense you can make underlines mm-hmm. of yeah. these like pain yeah. is that yeah. a specific sense and uh, uh, muscle toning is that specific sense that mm-hmm. but, uh, but but my my <laughs> ten senses is, is quite different everybody mm-hmm. so the uh, norm in the last uh, uh, edition of the uh, of the uh, of the middle sense and I started with the oxygen sense. Mm. And, and the oxygen senses must be the most important sense because if that doesn't work, we won't breathe anymore.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it is that in our uh, arteria, in, oh, in yeah. our veins, in the veins yeah. Yeah. they yeah. are uh, receptors which can uh, sense the, uh, the level of oxygen in the blood mm-hmm. and when it's when it's too low which is very very often <laughs> uh, it, it gives an impulse to the brain of breathe in again mm-hmm. and, and normally we don't uh, we, we're not aware of that but if suddenly the the uh, the freeway to oxygen is taken away, if we are put, uh, if we have the head the water and we cannot get up, then the oxygen really hit mm. us back. Mm.
3: Yeah.
2: So so that's the first sense to be aware of,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and to be thankful of. <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting about that is that when. Uh, you, you know I made these uh, during the corona crisis we couldn't do anything with people and then, uh, I, I thought about that maybe this could be a these small films could be a good way to open up the environment yeah. we were in a situation where people many people were just stuck at home mm-hmm. and you look at the same place and the same place and the same place maybe if you are opening up for the census suddenly you could see this glass of tea in a totally different way and suddenly you see everybody, everything is, is adventurous. Yeah. But then we, uh, we also gave these uh, uh, small lessons to, uh, to school kids mm. from uh, seventh and eighth grade. And, uh, and some of them uh, responded at that, about the oxygen sense at when suddenly you begin to look upon or, or notice the oxygen sense, then you also begin to change your way of breathing.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. Which in one thing, uh, uh, the first thing that happens is that you interfere with and and become conscious and a bit awkward. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also, it also releases something.
1: Yeah. When you sleep.
2: Yeah. But also, but but the consciousness of it also suddenly makes you conscious that, oh, maybe I'm, mm-hmm. I'm breathing up here, or mm-hmm, breathing yeah. too much, or uh, holding my breath, or... Th- there was one who, one kid found out that he was holding his breath, mm-hmm. which was interesting, he was a kid from eighth grade. Wow, yeah. it was kind of, yeah, good, good yeah. work, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Good discovery also. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. then knowing, holding your breath, you know that that's not the way you should be breathing, right? So yeah, okay.
2: yeah, and it's something, su- do with fear,
0: I think? Yeah, exactly. Figuring
2: out. What? But that was just the first first (laughs) sense.
0: Now (laughs) the rest
3: of the night.
2: I would be a bit short. uh, The oxygen sense. Uh, The side. I often put the side very early because the side is so... it's a master of uh, mm-hmm. senses, like yeah. we, we, uh, we judge so much. I see you and I get a lot of information of you being white and uh, you have freckles and, and your haircut and uh, mm-hmm. all age and sex and uh, all yes. kinds of things yeah. we put on it. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, it's very good to get rid of that in the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also very, very interesting to suddenly, I keep getting back to this cup of tea, but, but <laughs> But just to see the color in here, and see the reflection of the water, and see the surface of the tea from underneath is just so interesting. Somehow, it's just wow. I could go <laughs> yeah. into it. So it's it's very yeah. It's a nice sense to dive into. Mm-hmm. And and as I said before, you cannot you cannot kill the sense. You cannot stop the senses. Mm-hmm. So but but once you have uh, gone through uh, the side and really used a good chunk. Just seeing, then then it's easier to go f- further to other senses.
3: Yeah.
2: Then of course there's the uh, tactility, and just uh, feeling things, and there's the uh, the listening, and there's the smell mm-hmm. and the, the taste. But then uh, there's the uh, vestibular sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. The vestibular yeah. sense, yeah. which is uh, which is actually it is not the sense of balance. Which some people think, mm-hmm. because balance is a combination of vestibular sense and the proprioception, yeah. and uh, also the uh, the side yeah. is very much into it. Mm-hmm. But it is the sense which uh, informs of of our head and the body's relationship uh, relationship to gravity.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then there's the uh, proprioception, which is the uh, which also is so natural to us that we. Don't notice it. Yeah. Yes. But if if it doesn't work, like if you, if if you, if your foot has fallen asleep and you try to to work on it or to walk on it, you
3: ah, oh, it's scary because yeah. you
2: can there's no information from there. No. Yeah. And this suggests that you actually know where your arms are, even you can't see them. It's yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And of course, talking about darkness then the proprioception is very important. Yes. Yeah. Because suddenly we can actually know that. That we can know how our body moves mm-hmm. without seeing it, yeah. which is very joyful, I think. Yeah. Uh, where am I? Proprioception. Yeah, uh, uh, chronosception. Yes. Mm, yeah. That is uh, the, sense, before. the sense of time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sensing time. We we actually sense time. And we sense time very different. Mm-hmm. Also, a so, I minute mean, can feel very long, and it can go oh, go like this. Uh, but 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 you have a sense a sense of time.
3: Yeah.
2: And yeah, and it's interesting just to get the uh, the task like try to sense time.
3: <laughs>
2: Isn't it interesting? Yes. Yeah. Just to think. Just
1: what time? Yeah, I mean, there is this saying of when you're young, time uh, time is very slow, and mm. you know, a uh, school class can
0: just take for an hour. Mm. And then you, when you get older, time flies. Time flies. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. But again, still, there's this big window of uh, different different moments where time seems to be suspended. And then, yeah. So how it also you might have the same setting but also the way you are at that particular moment just just changes the whole feeling of time like mm. you might be in the same mm. space with the same um, yeah the same everything but you in a different day in that particular ex- space you will have a different experience of time mm. again mm. yeah it's really interesting What? When you're also trying to be aware of, of time in the beginning, I don't know, I, I very often um, have this sense that, okay, I have, to, I have to count in order to get a sense mm. of time. Mm. But then you get lost in this uh, because your, your counts are off or you, you, you make a mistake and then, I don't know, your, your mind starts wandering and then there's different ways of, of experiencing time. Mm. But I, I, I very often start with the counting. And they, it, but very quickly, it goes away, mm. very quickly. Mm.
1: Yeah. Was that the ten tenses? No. I think no. there was no. One, no. one more.
0: <laughs> the last
2: one is, uh, well, in our culture, we have uh, like divided mind and body. into so mm-hmm. that is two different realms. In, uh, in other cultures, it's not the same thing. Yeah. Like mind is body and body is mind. Uh, and in certain kinds of, I think it's the Tibetans, Buddhists, uh, they regard the thought as a, a way of sensing. Mm-hmm. And the mind or the brain is a, a sense organ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you look at it from a bodily perspective, uh, thoughts are the body. Because uh, thoughts are made of uh, small electronic impulses uh, between... Uh, uh, neurons in in the uh, in, in the brain, yeah. uh, and also what, what I said uh, before this uh, definition of, about the uh, the senses is a bridge between the consciousness and mm-hmm. the outside world. That's also what the thinking is doing. Yeah. So I, I'm working with the, the thinking as uh, as a way of perceiving them as, as a sense mm-hmm. uh, and it's interesting to, to like uh, align the, the thoughts mm-hmm. into the senses so it's not the, the thoughts doesn't give this uh, they're not the king and the queen of the whole thing <laughs> but they actually democratize <laughs> yeah. with the other.
1: Yeah, that's something we also talk a lot about, yeah. about this hierarchy of senses, and mm. especially vision as being like a very uh, dominant sense of it is, of course, but you can easily live
0: without it. Mm. Yeah, but also this body and mind connection and or, or the, the, the separation for many people and for us the connection and mm. yeah it definitely it resonates so much with also the the translation that yeah. w- what we call translation is basically is the the thought uh, it, right it's the thought process and that is a collection of your 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 senses basically mm. i mean through through the external input that we are then sensing in mm. with all of our senses we we combine them into thoughts mm. so for me for me, actually, in the hierarchy, I would put the thoughts later, <laughs> because it only happens as a result mm-hmm. of the other mm-hmm. things happening mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. So you can't really, yeah, I mean, for me at least. Mm-hmm.
2: No, but it's interesting to, to think about what would your mind be if you had no senses? <laughs> like, what, what, what is that? Then? If you never had any kind of bodily sense perception... What would you thinking then? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult to think how you can act in at least the world that we have now. It would be senseless. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think we are also like uh, we'll push it a little bit. So now we'll go to darkness. <laughs> um, so darkness was a was somehow how. Or the theme, let's call it the theme that ground that laid the foundation of our work, and also led us to the senses and led us to other things. But we somehow started with darkness. Uh, but maybe you can tell a little bit about Håten Puyatel mm. and how you, uh, yeah, how you work with darkness there, and also how darkness maybe influenced the work that you're doing now, or. I don't know uh, how you, if you made any changes in how you live or in, uh, if what, what darkness had of uh, influence to, to you?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, Mahon heart is a piece which uh, was the, the concept and the idea started between uh, uh, my uh, very good and long collaborator, uh, Catherine who who is a, Theater director and a visual artist, and uh, it came uh, out of different uh, impulses. One was that we wanted to do something about refugees, but mm-hmm. it was actually before the refugee crisis started. Mm-hmm. So it was like one year before, like the big crisis started. So it was it was a theme, but it was not a very present mm-hmm. theme. And then the the whole thing started and. And the, the whole uh, stage art scene were like, uh, there were so many pieces about refugees and with refugees on stage. And it was like, oh, we could not have any more pieces about refugees. Um, but, but, but then I, I thought about, instead of making a piece about refugees, then uh, we could, try to make a uh, situation for the audience where you could by yourself have an experience of the whole both sides of this or all sides of this situation. If you are a refugee refugee and you are leaving your own culture, your family, and your valuta, your language, mm-hmm. your religion, and going into new areas you are it is like moving into darkness you move uh, towards something you don't know and you cannot understand it before you are very very close mm. and maybe you cannot understand them even by then and you have to trust what you meet the other side of this is this big fear that came from uh, uh, citizens of countries which were kind of felt invaded mm-hmm. and it's, uh, and also by in, in the darkness it's, it's the same situation that you can feel that something is coming against you which you cannot see and which you therefore don't know and you cannot put your uh, limits or your borders around you before it's very very close. So we thought about that this uh, darkness which like could kind of capture the situation. But then from that point of view we began also to to open it up to a, a broader like political perspective mm-hmm. in this thing that we're living in a world where uh, all borders are kind of like borders and beliefs and political systems uh, uh, economical systems uh, systems of uh, communications system uh, system of politics are kind of uh, evaporating or just falling apart and nobody really knows what to do about it but and then we thought that if you have to find new answers you have to look into the unknown, mm-hmm. like we talk about the senses, you have to look at, you have to look at it with, with without uh, preconceptual ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to, to find new answers, you have to look new ways, yeah. new places, and there was the darkness again. So so mm-hmm. it, actually Mohan uh, Buiyade was a piece of the world situation. Mm-hmm. Mm. and then we thought about darkness you mean complete darkness so the audience enters into a complete dark room which takes us took us several weeks just to make it dark because when you thought it was dark no. you are there, in there in 10 minutes and there's something there and then there's something there and something there and yes. it's so annoying to see this little oh yeah, yeah but but so so the audience were were entering the space uh, 2 and 2 uh, and they, there was a handlebar they could follow. So it was like a small labyrinth and they came in. Uh, and this, uh, from, from, uh, it, it started with the, uh, like a normal handle mm-hmm. and then it turned into uh, uh, different materials and into a branch and into fur and then into a rope. And then once it changed into a rope, also the surface changed into earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the rope was getting just thinner and thinner, thinner and thinner,
3: <laughs>
2: and then it was almost just a thread. Someone took your hand and said, "Welcome." <laughs> and and this experience we had uh, then we uh, the performers uh, worked with uh, uh, had uh, night vision yeah. mm. uh, glasses uh, and ultra UV light mm-hmm. in the scene. So mm. This experience of not knowing where you are not, and then somebody taking your hand,
3: mm.
2: that's that's really special yeah. because taking your hand signals that the other person actually can see you, <laughs> which is so weird. <laughs> and, and, and the reactions were very, very different. Like yeah. Some people was just Whoa, completely open <laughs> and some people, we had young people who started screaming. and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had people going in like they were uh, yes. uh, put, pushed backwards. It's is very, very difficult, yeah. uh, different how you react. We had yeah. one person during the whole performance which uh, had had a, uh, a night vision on. And, and people were told that if they felt bad or need to go out, they should raise their hand and they would be followed out. Yeah. And it happened very few times. Mm. There were was, was some people who didn't get in. Right. Uh, i think three or four people who just started and then i said no mm. yeah but i think it was one or two we had to and we performed it uh, uh, in two years and mm. yeah. so it, it was actually quite a few people so i think we somehow uh, managed to create safe situation for yeah. for the audience that's yeah, important uh what's and then we were working with light, mm-hmm. but in light in extremely low uh, levels, like extremely low levels. So low, so sometimes you could, you s- can I see something or is there something there or is yeah. isn't there mm-hmm. something? And then it disappears again. You know and also if if a uh, sense doesn't get any outside impulses it starts to produce yes. uh, information yes. itself. so you experience that in darkness mm-hmm. also yes and uh, it's caused something from I have forgotten the on the uh, syndrome but 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 they shouldn't begin to see like uh,
1: almost hallucinating yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. shapes and, and, and colors
2: and we tried to as we worked also in this level where we communicated with that level of of seeing so mm. it came into something, <laughs> Isn't yeah, something? Yeah. yeah. and then of course the the sound was very important so we had a uh, uh, the orders were uh, after uh, after we took them by the hand they were mm. led to a uh to a seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were sitting on benches, so they sat very, very close yeah. on three sides. But of course, they didn't know that they were sitting on three sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we have been working with uh, two loudspeakers, it would be very annoying. Because uh, because when when we don't see that our way of uh, of uh, perceiving space is through the uh, space direction yeah. is through the, the ears, mm-hmm. so we had to work with with, uh, with sound that moved, which also mm-hmm. gave possibilities that we could actually uh, get. Uh, we had running horses through <laughs> the space, for example. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, We work with a a French light designer who had been working for many years with uh, trying to create uh, light in the same way as blind people see. Mm -hmm. You know, blind people who can see just vague shadows, so we are down there. Uh, And we work with with a voice also, Mm -hmm. with uh, with a story. Not a story. It it wasn't. A, it wasn't a narrative performance at all. But but there was uh, information about it. It was it, it was. Katrine had been. who had written the text, and uh, it was also her uh, reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, a conversation between a uh, two people who was lying in a bed, and one couldn't sleep. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, the the, uh, uh, the uh, perception of the body is very yeah. different. So so entering the uh, uh, the dirt, where suddenly your your balance uh, is different, and and then uh, it's sitting in there for one hour. Makes it it's, it's a funny thing because it is like your body disappears but it's also like a journey into the body. It is It is both thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And as an audience, it's very interesting because you cannot, normally you uh, you navigate as a group for the rest of the audience. Mm-hmm. Like this person likes it, this person is bored, mm-hmm. this person looks sour, this person laughs, yeah. and here you don't know anything. So you really have to uh, believe your own perception and this is also a very that was the whole point of the show I think it is you have to believe what you experience and you have to trust that this is the right experience you have Mm -hmm. so it is was a journey into yourself which also could be I don't know provocative I was amazed how little provoked people were <laughs> people were taking away they were like Pfft. they were knocked out <laughs> but they didn't feel provocated I think it was mm-hmm. just wow oh, coming out of this and then um, very early in the process I had this idea of a deep male voice mm. and then I asked a, uh, a man a uh, who is he's from the Fairy Island, and he is, uh, he's uh, a uh, Fairy Island uh, folk dancer, which mm-hmm. is a very 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 simple dance. Like mm-hmm. the choreography is four steps one way, two steps the other way, four steps one way, two steps the other way, and that's it, just to the side. And then you then you are, are doing it in in lines like big lines, and then then you sing. And they do this uh, dancing and singing for up to eight, 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I was just fascinated by this thing. And so, so we thought about how can we end this performance? We cannot just turn off the light <laughs> and then <laughs> take a close. So what, what it ended up with was, was, was that you just heard this singing, this fairy island singing in the voice and then very, very uh, slowly some very dim light came up under the seat mm. of the audience so suddenly you can you begin to see the dirt mm. and you begin to see the feet of other people you couldn't yeah. see the people you but you can see the feet oh there was other people <laughs> and then we invited the old people up to this chain dance mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Nice. and then you ended and you can still not you could only vaguely see the faces mm. of men, and like the chain is not it's not a circle it is like a snake so so you're Mm-hmm. Constantly passing new people. Yeah, yeah. So so we were audience to each other. Yeah. Um, and then they were slowly let out of the space and out through, uh, outside the theater here. And, and there was, we had created a pathway of uh, stone yeah. and, okay. and woods. And then they came, came into this space and they got some tea. And uh, <laughs> there was a uh, exhibition of, of a... Uh, a Danish visual artist who made a uh, a uh, installation which was called darkness lattice darkness or something mm-hmm. and then then you get some, got some tea and a, and a small cake to, to round it up here mm-hmm. there was yeah. no applause it was just like you came <laughs> in from one and also you, you didn't you, you you exited the space from another yeah. point mm-hmm. then you entered in so yeah, that was the experience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so much of, of, of what you're saying resonates with, with yes. of course, what we're interested in or what we've discovered. Um, but I'm curious, I mean, the the audience experience is uh, is extremely interesting, also these different layers to it, but we're also a little bit curious about how it was to, to move, as in performers, how was it to... to rehearse in darkness yeah. or, or, and also this, yeah, this different uh, relationship to your own body than as a, as a performer, um, mm. maybe this sense that...
2: Well, I wasn't judge. really a performer in the piece. I was in the piece, but uh-huh. more like, uh, we, I want to be there to kind of uh, uh, slur, uh, veil, mm-hmm. uh, how, how many people were on stage. Okay. so there was this shadow or sound or, or or hand or something that you could not say oh there's free people is because yeah. it didn't the, the system didn't fit so i was there in in that way and mm. also as a technical things because things had to be moved mm. uh, in darkness so I, I was the one doing that. so i i it was still performed but i was not okay. one of the main performers in that way um, being in darkness, it was a, it was it was a very strange performance because or, or experience because it was a long time. Like we were six, seven, eight hours in darkness for two months, mm. uh, and we had rehearsals uh, during the uh, the autumn. So it was it was dark outside yeah. when we yeah. went in, and then it was dark when we yeah. went out. So it was just it was just dark. Period, and at the same time, there was this—I uh, don't know—this uh, uh, story about the uh Uber, the submarine yes. yeah. murder, yeah. Yeah. which was everywhere, which was so. And then I was on top of this. I, I, I saw uh, uh, Twin Peaks Part Two,
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it was a
2: really strange. <laughs> A couple of months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
2: there was no evil thing about yeah. at all in mm-hmm. this piece, but it was just this, you know, this impression of, there was yeah. darkness on many mm. levels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, An unknown, um, more of the unknown mm. thing was a uh, was very present and it was like you wanted to get into the darkness you yes. kind of you kind of got uh, uh, addicted to the darkness yes. but but after a while you also begun to get weird yeah or like uh, your your sense of time and the sense of day became very strange mm. like you could not really sleep at night and uh, uh yeah, so, so it was like there was a between yeah. light and darkness, yeah. <laughs> and then wanting to be there. I also found a big freedom, mm. and also I knew this space so well, so I could just I could run in there yeah. and yeah. know which way to run and when I should stop again, and it was
1: yeah. just, <laughs> Freedom!
2: Wow! I really liked that yeah. Yeah. thing.
1: And did darkness influence your other works? Or?
2: Well, I think it was when I saw your name, Beyond Darkness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I imagine the first evening, and it was an evening of three different performances, but the first evening I showed, full evening I showed was in 1994, and it was called On America, mm-hmm. which almost can be translated to yeah. Beyond Darkness okay. which was so wow <laughs> <laughs> and this piece was not actually uh, these pieces were not about they were not in Darkness mm-hmm. but but the Darkness has just been I don't know it has been here mm-hmm. s in yeah. me as an interest as, as a, a point of interest for a very very long time mm. um, and I've been having a, a meditation practice also uh, as uh, zen, zen, sitting satsang. It has nothing to do with the darkness, but it has anyway somehow, or, or things just came together in, yeah. this, in yeah. this, this dark period. So it's not that how did this piece uh, uh, in, change your new pieces mm-hmm. or... Mm-hmm. It, because it is just a long, yeah, yeah. like
3: yeah, yeah.
2: change. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. time running, It's moment. I mean, um, so I, yeah, was just swimming from my experience through yeah. this, and then I yeah. continue. I cannot say that, well, everything changed because I. I put a piece <laughs> <down>. <laughs> no.
0: Yep. But maybe now to uh, wrap up as yeah. a last question, we are very curious to hear um, what you have to say is um, what are the key values of your artistic practice and why do this matter to you and maybe to the community?
2: I hope that somebody would write about that. <laughs> I, I, I find it difficult to to look at my own practice in that way. In fact, like mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm, it's it is like looking at your own tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm 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 looking at where I am and somehow where I want to go. But it's not that I have a certain. End point mm-hmm. it is more that I have a direction, and I'm interested in going in that direction. And and really, I don't know what's what's in the next behind the next door. Mm. It is opening doors. Can I just say that? Yeah. Opening doors. <laughs> <laughs> it's my practice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't like reproducing myself. Mm. But of course, of course I have some kind of a methodology. Anyway, mm. because I need to have that, but I also like to challenge it. We we, we in open dance as as theater, we 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 have this uh, this metaphor that we are a river, and we should not be a uh, a pond. Mm-hmm so it should not be where something where the water is just still It should always be yeah and and there, so so we're working with movement but we are also movement
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's a beautiful way to end this like being being we finished where we started maybe yeah. 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 <laughs> yes yeah good Oh, well, thank you for that. Sure. That yes. was uh, very insightful mm-hmm. and a lot of new like curious uh, yeah. questions or hmm. yeah. We could talk for another hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It, yeah it's <laughs> yes. Just yes. So, um, this could never so. stop.
0: Yes. Good. Well thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm.